0: This is the Future of Cybercrime podcast, a new show dedicated to helping security practitioners on the front lines of defending their organization from the cybercrime underground. I'm your host, Zyra Perzado, former Gartner analyst, information security and risk strategist and storyteller. Now, let's jump right into today's episode. Hi, all. Thanks for joining me today. I have Saurabh with me here today, and he's an independent threat researcher, instructor at California State University, and a prominent conference speaker. Saurabh, welcome and thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you so much, Zaira, for having me. Hi, everyone.
0: Absolutely. Well, I've introduced you some, but how about before we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself that I haven't said, meaning your background, what you do, some of your experience?
1: Sure. I'm a computer science engineer, currently pursuing my master's in cybersecurity. I'm an independent cyber intelligence researcher with more than five years of experience working for banking and financial sectors. I have a research temperament and background, and I have published several research papers in the field of information security, notably on malware, ransomware, etc. I'm also a prominent speaker and trainer. I've spoken and trained people on cybersecurity topics. At international conferences like BSides Budapest, Hungary, BSides San Antonio, Texas, DEF CON Blue Dream Village, Texas Cybersecurity Conferences, OASP Apps Indonesia, et cetera, and a lot of uh, universities and forums.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. This is going to be fun because I've got a host of good questions that I want to ask you today, but I'm more than certain that we'll be going in different directions of the conversation and in a good way. So, this is exciting. All right, I'll go into one of my first questions here. You have an extensive threat intelligence background. How would you summarize your background and how would you describe the current state of the cybercrime threat intelligence world?
1: Well, wow, good question. So, you know, we are living in the 21st century and cybersecurity has become a battlefield in the 21st century. So darker threats are rising exponentially and uh, threat actors are progressively gathering across dark web to coordinate plan and launch attacks most of the times all the famous attacks they are planned and coordinated so that is where a bunch of cyber criminals join plan coordinate request to buy post to sell that is like a beehive for all the juicy piece of intelligence and it is going worse and worse as we are moving towards time
0: I think a lot of people would echo that sentiment that it is a, in a very simple way to say it, it's a collaboration platform. <laughs> it's a Big, collaboration network, maybe.
1: Exactly, exactly. Like if you want to do something legal of some sort electronically, so dark web is your go-to spot. It's like a hangout spot for everyone.
0: Yeah, of yeah. Of such sort. And just like, Internet, what you seek, you will find perhaps not in the way you sought it, but at least some element of it. So, you can summarize this state as, as, I guess, ever more worrisome over the course of time, correct?
1: That is correct. That is correct. Because uh, people are getting more and more advanced, sophisticated. We are seeing more and more sophisticated attacks these days. And if we track back all these attacks, you know, most of them you will see it emerges from one of the many notorious forums or their IRC channels or their Hangout Spas on Dark Web, their forums, things like that.
0: Yeah. Has your experience been with Dark Web Threat Intelligence? And I mean, not just the idea of perusing, but also making actionable insights for security functions from that intelligence that you have gathered, provided that you have?
1: Yes. So a lot of times we have been encountering some sort of intrusion, some sort of attacks, which when we trace it back, takes us to dark web where someone sold some credentials or some insider sold some credentials or there has been a reselling or there has been a request to buy post like, hey, I'm looking for this and XYZ's company is this data. And getting juicy piece of intelligence from dark web could help you prevent future attacks it's like if you get the hold of the data if you get the hold of the intelligence at the right time before it's too late you can catch threats before it becomes incident you know threat intelligence everything has a shelf value it comes with an eta if you get your hands on, on that particular juicy piece of intelligence it can help your organization a big time
0: this sort of sounds like a lucky draw and then again, back to my point, what you seek is what you find. However, have you used dark web intelligence intentionally to drive some actionable insight? Can you give us an example, maybe some background there?
1: Yeah, there was this time when we were investigating for a bank and we came across a post that some guy was selling credentials for one of the bank's internal login portals, which was internet-facing. It was for the people who were working for the bank, and when we engaged with the threat actor, we have to pose as another threat actor, like looking to interested to buy. Hey, at the end of the day, we have to understand their intent. Why they are doing it? Is it for the money? And most of the time, it's for the money. We posed as a as another threat actor to get a hold of whether it is correct or not. So it depends on the threat actor's credibility is vintage, what reputation the guy has got on that forum, and things like that. It can be shady, it can be concrete. So the one way to know is to engage with the threat actor, use the adversary's playground to beat them. So we engaged with the threat actor, we got a couple of screenshots, and we kind of figured it out that, okay, this looks like XYZ portal for the bank, for the internal employees. So we sent a hard password request for all the people using that. And it could have been worse. It could have been data exfiltration. It could have been privilege escalation. Don't know. But we were able to prevent that attack. Wow. And where was this initial post? The initial post was on XSS forum.
0: Wow. Wow. So you, you follow it's, it's the like,
1: lead. Yeah, it's like two, three years ago. Yeah, you have to because uh, it's like, you're following a lead or you are looking for particular intelligence and one thing connects to another. So there are sellings, there are resellings, there are multiple resellings. And uh, that is where you need to build trust and get the whole juicy piece of intelligence. And that is how you will be able to protect your organization with those actionable intelligence. And that comes with the credibility, time, and your reputation. I mean, you have to understand the rewards-to-complexity ratio of who you are dealing with. Is it a script kiddie, only doing fraud, spamming, crackers and stuff, or is it a crime syndicate or an APT group, advanced persistent threat group, with a re- with resources of millions and billions of dollars, having zero-days exploits in their arsenal?
0: Yeah. So with that with that incident, after you took remediation action. Did you follow through with that that intelligence as well? Perhaps it was linked to something else. Could have been, maybe there were other potential incidences of compromise that can occur because that's just one element of information that you found by one threat yes. actor, but perhaps there's more. Did you go down a rabbit hole? What was that like after? Yes. How did you use it?
1: So one thing is we put an eye on that threat actors, all of his posts all of his digital footprint wherever he is if he's on any another forum any kind of other data he's posting for we took a tab on whatever he's doing whatever he's posting things like that that is one thing and we kind of looked for internal threats as well we kind of looked for okay how could have he got the credentials? so we checked all of our security logs from all the different points the DLPs, the, the XTRs, the internal security controls that were in the place, the seams and everything. And mm. we couldn't got any. And then we found out that one of these guys was using his personal computer to log in into that portal, and that his personal computer was affected with a uh, stealer. A red line stealer. And with that red line stealer log is where the credentials got out. He saved that credentials oh, on his browser. Mm. Like how we witnessed the Uber, Uber hack. Yeah. It was probably a guy bought the credentials for one login of Uber. Basically, like, you know, it's about 10 bucks or 15, mm-hmm. mostly 10 bucks. And you saw the complexity of the tag. It went in bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: Wow. So fantastic that you correlated your intelligence, your threat intelligence, with the output of several of your tools and your tech stack. And you tried to find potential other incidents of compromise just based on one piece of intelligence. I mean, that is the point of a security operations center. It's not just a... It's not
1: just correlating IOCs and putting it into into seeing him and blocking it all. Yeah.
0: Away.
1: Are, yeah it's not are, just are, tool
0: the tool. You have to use the human it mind, the human so. curiosity, that persistence, right?
1: It, exactly. Hey, intelligence is about people. No matter, mm-hmm. no matter if you are spending billions of dollars on tools and technologies, intelligence will always be about people.
0: That, that's a quote. That is key. <laughs> that is absolutely key. All right. <laughs> so, you. Yeah. All right, what do people get wrong then? What do most security practitioners get wrong about specifically dark web threat intelligence? It's an open-ended question. You can decide how you want to define what they get wrong and then what dark web threat intelligence would be how you want to define what they get wrong there.
1: So different people will have different opinion on this based on what they have witnessed in their career or in their experience. People, most of the companies, you know, now things are evolving and people are growing up. You know, they are having a broad mindset. Initially, I found that threat hunting and threat intelligence are two different things and people confuse with them. That's one. People are lacking proficiency for cybercrime investigation with perspective of threat intelligence. Okay. We have to understand that it's a cat and mouse game.
0: mm -hmm. I'm going to pause you for one second. Let's go back to the first thing. Threat hunting versus threat intelligence. You said some security practitioners get that wrong. They conflate one for the other. Let's settle the debate now by defining them. Threat hunting, threat intelligence, and then why the conflation?
1: I believe people are more focused on, you know, they are getting more dependent on tool. Threat hunting is, the threat hunting comes into play after you found any indicator of compromise. And you are trying to find that trying to go back, trace it back to see what it is, where it is, where it comes from, things like that. Threat intelligence is you have a lead and you are working on that lead. There can be a possible, okay, for example, if a threat actor advertises that I have the data for XYZ company, I have all the internal data along with social security, all the PIIs and everything. He can be a guy, high on weed, writing it out. Or it can be a real post. It can, he can have credibility, and you don't know if he's bluffing or he's not. So you have to work on that lead, work on that particular piece of intelligence, and work on both sides of the coin. You have to work with that particular, engage with that particular threat actors, and you have to look for any possible data exfiltration in our case, in our environment, with following up with all the stacks of tools and technologies we have. Most of the companies, they don't have a particular set of policies in place to how to deal with dark web threats. They don't have a blueprint. They don't have a control flow or policy, you can say. They don't have, Uh, like, majority of the people don't have a streamlined policy and workflow. You're not
0: wrong. You're not wrong about that. To believe that people can fight one for the other, um, I think it, in my opinion... I think it might be happening because people are just so over-reliant on technology that not utilizing exactly. their own critical exactly. thinking. Yeah, right? Their exactly. analysis. And so intelligence, human intelligence, your innate ability to think, critical analysis gets lost in the mixture of your tech stack and process and all of those potential open tickets that you have to resolve because you're probably wearing more than one hat and you're not a true yeah. intelligence
1: thinker, seer, and doer, right? That is true. That is true. Hey, people don't do proactive monitoring. They are, see, it's a cat and mouse game and intelligence comes with a shelf life. If your intelligence is old, it's a piece of garbage. And most of the companies, they are outsourcing it and are dependent on vendors for the feed. I mean, there's, no, there's been nothing wrong with that. But the problem is the ETA of the intelligence is late. If there is a post on the forum and I'm getting that intelligence after eight, nine hours, there's a long gap. Or after one day, there's a long gap. And most of the tools out there in the market, they are dependent on scrapers and crawlers. They look for certain keywords. Mm. I mean, that's okay. That's okay if you're looking for your leaked card, leaked credentials, emails, PIS, things like that. But there's no human intelligence in place. You are not extracting what it could have been more juicy piece of intelligence. So Mm -hmm. there's no human interaction in place. There's no human interaction in place.
0: Simply not enough. Simply not enough. You know, I could go into a tirade, actually, about parts of that. Sometimes when things get too consumed in business process, people lose sight of the self. And when you lose sight of yourself and your play in that process and the value add of yourself in that process, the inherent meaning of it as well, everything gets messed up. I mean, that's a generic statement, but applying it over here, security analyst... You know, you take one certification after the other, you end up there in a sock, and perhaps it's a fairly advanced one that they have enough room for threat intelligence, and you get into it, and there's high hopes, but then there's everything else in the way, and and something along the line, and time happens when you lose that that sense of self and that critical
1: analysis to apply. And I guess it's just that's a, true. A dearth of time, right? Exactly. Time. Exactly. That's true. That's true. That's true. Again, I would say no matter how much money is spent on tools and technologies for gathering intelligence, at the end of the day, intelligence is about people. And, you know, one more thing which I would like to say that people don't do is they don't maintain their persistence and rapport on these forums, on these dark web forums to build trust and infiltrate into adversaries groups to get right. to get a hold of to get a hold of more juicy piece of intelligence hey back in the time and these days as well you know all these officers all these three layer agencies they send undercover people to build trust and infiltrate into drug cartels and xyz things and that is where they get all these juicy piece of intelligence and i mean this is a battlefield cyber security is a battlefield why don't we do it you can be anyone on the internet so you can't build trust and infiltrate and get the juicy piece of intelligence to protect. And those intelligence are going to be very much in value, unimaginable value.
0: And those are the ethics that excite an attacker, that anonymity, that sort of high that you get from doing whatever you want, however you want, just by human manipulation. And technology only supports that base human manipulation. And we've got to use that as well. Each individual. Exactly.
1: Along with technology. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be that's gonna be cherry on top. So yeah. that's like you are making a better model. And you have to one more thing is you have to understand who you are dealing with. Is it a script kiddie who's got his hands on someone's tool or some actionable intelligence or something? Or is it a sophisticated and an organized threat group, millions of dollars to spend?
0: Absolutely. All right, so. We know what's not going right in some security functions. So let's take it a step further. Let's zoom out into the future. What do you think the future of cybercrime will look like? And what role will you play in this future?
1: Well, coming to the first question, future of the cybercrime, I mean, more trade intelligence group will emerge. More and more trade intelligence group will emerge. You know, I'd like to shed a light on the recent incident which happened i won't name but there everybody knows it so one of their ransomware groups builder got leaked okay and it's one of the very famous and notorious group and that builder mm-hmm. and we saw a new ransomware with a new name which is using the same builder so now there were one thread groups now there are two because the second one, which is using the leaked builder, didn't have the technical capability to build that sophisticated tool. But now they have. If you go a little back, the wall 7 leak, before the wall 7 leaks, the Iranian threat actors didn't have much complexity and sophistication. But after the wall 7 leak, all the CIA tools got leaked. We saw an enormous increase in the sophistication of Iranian, the, the charming kitten threat group. Mm-hmm and a lot of other threat groups. So now we are dealing with threat groups with billions, if not millions of data, millions of dollars in resources. So you can't be just dependent on scrapers to look for certain keywords. You have to dive deeper into behavioral analytics to understand your adversary. Who are they? Who do? What do they want? Why do they want it? What is their motivation? Are they geopolitically motivated? Things like that.
0: So... Yes, yes, more threat actor groups will emerge as they always will. Taking it one step, right? But let's take that one step further because we know that that's going to happen. But how about the way they interact with each other? I've spoken plenty with various other people about ransomware as a service, I've spoken with others about how threat actor groups, in a way, because they are human, deserve to be vendors too. We cannot deny a human right to one or the other, because people will do as they do. And when we dehumanize threat actors, we assume they would not do what we would do. But to parallel the cybersecurity vendor landscape, why would we not think that they would apply similar learning techniques and business management <laughs> to to their world? So that's another, building a bigger, badder, better industry within their realm. So these are some of the things that I've spoken to other folks about. Let's dig a little deeper. What are some of the trends you see as far as the threat actor groups communicating with each other, collaborating with each other?
1: So two people with the same mindset or the same goal often cal- collaborates. And sometimes if you dig deeper, even if you scroll down some of the forums, they give tech support to each other. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a uh, right? problem with my builder. <laughs> Uh, can anybody help me? And boom, there you go. Stack over flow over there on the dark web.
0: It's not. I, I, I'm just like the, com- <laughs> the camaraderie for the
1: same it's end central. goal. Yeah. Yes, that's the same end goal. So people join hands for same end goal. And, you know, people recruit from each other's group. You don't know if a guy is working for three, four threat acting TA groups, right? Three, four APT groups. So the whole point is anonymity, they don't want to leak their anonymity to each other. If you are if most of the sophisticated actors don't do it, if they are then there's no point, right? So sometimes how we track who's who is based on we look for their secops failure, you know, somewhere they 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 made a mistake which they didn't have to. And one thing leads to another. That's how they got tracked. But Mm -hmm. yes, they they joined hands to help each other. Uh, It's not
0: surprising. If we look at traditional warfare and how it's evolved over the course of time, I'll take a more Western perspective. And the reason why I even mentioned this, this is what I studied in graduate school, conflict analysis. But I had to take a lot of military history courses in my security policy program and started to look at the way that warfare evolved over the course of time, you take the older Roman armies that were specifically the higher elites, and then you look at Napoleonic warfare, and you start to see that mm-hmm. it's everybody, everyone can join war. So over the course of time, and then now we look at the United States, literally anyone can, but then look a little deeper at it socioeconomically. Ah, it's those that are most in need of something that, you know, the privilege escapes unless it's a part of tradition. Take exactly. that evolution. Yeah, and take that evolution and map it. And then take that same evolution and map it into the threat actor space. And you shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> you shouldn't yeah, be surprised. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, that's, a, that's a war going on. That's, that's it. It's always. Yeah. And cybersecurity is is not kinetic. Hey, if a country knows that this country is attacking me, they dropped a bomb on the other country, they know who did it. It's kinetic. It's kinetic. But cybersecurity, on the other hand, can be anyone. You you will have an idea of who is doing it, because again, there's an election in, uh, uh there's election, there, there's election in United States. Then everybody knows who can be the pos- possible people who is going to interfere with it, right? But you don't have a concrete analysis, because it's internet and people can be whoever they want. Things are sophisticated now.
0: And And it is going
1: to be more and more sophisticated,
0: right? And that's called the fog of war. That's just that's what we have to deal with today. Exactly.
1: And art of war. You have to. uh, If you know your enemy, you are halfway there towards winning.
0: I think we should put together a a book list. Sarah, (laughs) (laughs) we seem to have an idea about this. All right, what role are you going to play in this future?
1: I. Will be mostly focused on behavioral analytics. What is the behavior of the threat group which I'm dealing with? What do they want and why do they want? What is their motivation? Are they financially motivated or are they trying to make a mess geopolitically or they are trying to do something? They are trying to collapse the infrastructure. Who are they? Based on that, we can categorize them. And once we know who they are, We'll be able to track and defend against them better, okay, based on their old TTPs, tool tactics, and procedure, how they launch an attack, how they do it, things like that. So behavioral analytics is going to come in play in my case. I'll maintain a presence and reputation on all the sacred places on the dark web and always look for early warnings, early warnings as in it can be anything, you know. Early warning will help me gain visibility. I mean, on some marketplace and forums, there's a request to buy post or, or a request to sell post or a recruiting and insider kind of post. You know, people would be like, hey, I'm looking for XYZ company's internal credentials and I'm going to pay $100,000 for that. Things like that, early warning. So mm. those kind of leads will take us places. Okay, this guy doesn't have anything. But he's got resources and he's looking for that particular thing. So let's chase him. Let's see where it leads us. And one thing leads to another. So tracking activities of threat actors based on their credibility, past, post, reputation, etc. I'm
0: glad you're focusing on that angle. We've spoken to great length on on this chat today that we're having about the need for it. And, and is this something that you're also going to promote in your teaching? You are a university professor. You give fantastic talks from DEF CON to B-sides. I mean, is this something that you'll also promote as a future trend for the younger generations?
1: Yeah, that, again, it's a cat and mouse game. So we have to always stay ahead of the curve, right? To protect on the blue side of the theme, we have to always stay ahead of the curve. So we need to maintain our credibility, yes, I think I will. I promote this. I promote this and I will keep doing it. So we have to understand one thing that is cybercrime forums on deep and dark web is extremely important. But when information arrives on the forum, it's often already too late or has already been exploited by some threat actors previously who exchange it or sold it privately with his most trusted contacts or buyers. Now, that is where you need to intercept and engage.
0: Wow, that takes courage. It takes a bold person as well. Out to, to all threat analysts, one, don't be discouraged about that fact that you're finding it and it's too late, but rather dig. Dig harder, dig faster. Be dedicated to the digging. That's when it's important, right? It
1: That's true. That's true. mm
0: Let's wrap this up with some three pieces of actionable advice you'd give security practitioners, because I know those three pieces of advice are going to be very valuable coming from you, especially from what we've already spoken about. So, to succeed at cybercrime threat intelligence, what are those three pieces of actionable advice you'd give?
1: So, first piece of advice, which I would say is look for early warnings. Look for early warnings. And those early warnings, You have to dig in deeper. Most of the times, 90% of the times, it will take you to another place and you'll be able to connect the dots and get some actionable piece of intelligence, which your tool would not. Your tool based on the scrapers and crawlers looking for certain keywords, they're not going to take your places. But yeah, if you're looking for early warnings and behavioral analytics, these two things are going to take your places. So one thing is are looking for early warnings. The other is behavioral analytics. And very important is to maintain your presence and your reputation. Now, this thing takes time. This thing is not a one-day thing. Okay, you, you went into the dark web, all right, and then you, you made your account, and then you started engaging. No, nobody will talk to you. It takes time. It takes reputation and credibility. So maintain a presence and reputation and and, and besides uh, san antonio texas i had a talk about this only how do you maintain your presence and reputation and how do you beat them at their own game valuable talk
0: to that point well we have two pieces of advice here what's your last one
1: so my last advice is you always have to stay ahead of the curve. It's always a cat and mouse game. Things will be more and more sophisticated. And I think you have to be careful and you have to be a uh, visionary about that. Because mm. mm. it's not a matter of when, because it will knock your doorstep. So you have to be ready and you have to be visionary because things are going to be more and more sophisticated along the time. All the different countries They have their own cyber armies, if not all, and more are going to emerge. People will understand the complexity of this, and what in twenty-first century you will have to need it. So the countries who don't have a threat actor group will have a threat actor group in the next five or ten years, and things are going to be more and more sophisticated. So you have to be visionary, and you have to be ready about it.
0: Mm. In these days, with Every single tool alert possible getting in front of a threat intelligence analyst. It's, you know, easier said than done. They have to, it seems they have to budget time to be conscious and peaceful enough to be persistent. So however possible, that is, I hope it for all, for all threat intelligence analysts, because increasingly more holding attention to one thing for a good amount of time and seeing it through is difficult.
1: That is true. It comes with time.
0: Yeah. Great advice. Great advice. So, I want to thank you again for joining me today. This was a great conversation. Before we before we head off, where can people learn more about you, follow your journey, heck even go to some of your talks? I mean, I certainly would want to see a talk that you have.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Zara, for having me. I mean, I'm pretty much active on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn and Twitter it is. So you can follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter. My Twitter handle is 4W4R44.
0: All right. Fantastic. We'll make sure to link that, Sarab. Fantastic conversation. Thank you all as well for joining us today. I hope you got some great advice. I know I did. And Sarab, I will keep up with your journey.
1: Thank you so much, Zyra. Thank you so much again for having me.
0: Absolutely. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Future of Cybercrime podcast brought to you by Kella. For the latest episodes, please visit ke-la.com or search Future of Cybercrime on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks, and we'll catch you on the next episode.